great to be here. Oh, hang on, I just need to look at you all for a second, all right? Let me just, it is really good. This is amazing. As Joe just said, I have been in each of your locations and that means I haven't met you all because there's a lot more of you here than there were the first time and then the second time there was more, but now there's even more. There's double again. So I haven't met you all and... Um, I would love to say hi. If you're not too scared to come and say hello to me afterwards, I'd love to say hi and just introduce yourself, hear about how you got here. But I am really honoured to be here and um, thank you so much for having me. You guys are doing something really amazing. So um, I'm Helen. Uh, my husband Richard's preaching down at uh, what's it, uh, Warner this morning. And then tonight we're at Warner as well, so um, it's great to be here. And um, as, I, as I was driving in, I just was so proud of you, so proud of what, of what God has enabled you to take hold of. You know, this is a really a privilege in this space, um, what was ready and waiting, what God had already pre-prepared, but, um, you know, you guys had the confidence to step into it. And if you've just joined this church in the last little while since it's been here, um, I want to say you've found something good. You've found yourselves in a good place, a place where you can grow, where you can flourish in God, where you can find your purpose. So well done for finding yourselves here. And maybe you're here for the very first time. I hope there's someone around the room who's come for the first time. Maybe you've been invited or you've brought yourself here. Well, I am really glad that you're here um, and I encourage you to come again. Keep coming. This is a good place, good people. So well done, guys. You and the team, you're amazing. I, that's your smiles, your joy, your passion. I, I might come to church here. I might let Richard know. I'm packing my bags. <laughs> well, since I was here last time, I've become a grandmother. So that was really exciting just five weeks ago. Yeah, yay me. <laughs> it was all my hard work, obviously. But uh, my daughter, my eldest daughter, our eldest daughter, um, became a mother and um, a beautiful little girl called Atlas Wonder, Ecclesia Hunter. I don't know. Don't ask, all right? The modern generation, you know. <laughs> my daughter told my mum she was going to call her Betty. And my mum's like, Betty, it's a good name. I like Betty. I'm very happy with Betty. And then when she told her it was Atlas, my mum just can't get her head around it. <laughs> She just, she's telling her friends, and so it's okay. Um, the generations, we all come up with our, our new ways of doing things. So Atlas, and um, I've fallen in love with her already. But, you know, she is a wonder. She is such a miracle. Um, Joanna was reminding me that I um, had shared about her struggle in falling pregnant. And um, I pray this just encourages someone in the room today, someone who's believing God for a miracle. And they were on the journey of IVF. They were... Um, they'd been to all the appointments, they were ready to start the first like program, the first part that was sort of more um, evasive, in, if that's the right word for it, whatever the word is, start the thing. And um, she went to the doctor, she had her blood tests and um, the doctor said to her, I'm so sorry, we can't start the program. And Sarah was devastated, she was like, really? Oh no. And um, he goes, yeah, because you're pregnant. So, so how good is God? That is her wonder. And um, so, good news. And you'll have to follow me on Facebook to see a picture because I didn't give you one to look at. So, see, that's how I get followers around the world. I just got to come up with a way to find new followers. 
<laughs> and I think it's Instagram, not Facebook. But for the mature, it's Facebook. For the next generation, I'm not on TikTok, all right? I'm not doing TikTok. I refuse. It's just too much. It's too intense. I'm not going there. I have enough trouble knowing how to post on the other sites. So, and I notice only the young guys are laughing. The old ones are, what, what's she talking about? Why is she doing this to us? <laughs> But I love seeing the mature people in the house. If you're, I'm mature, all right? So anyone above me, I love that you're here today. I love that you're in God's house. We, we need you. We need you to lean in. The, the generations behind you are so glad you're here. Um, you know, when I see young people in church, often they say to me, where's my I wish my parents were here. I'd love my parents to be here. So I just want to say a big shout out to the mature. Do not sideline yourselves. Do not step to the left or the right. God has got you here for purpose. We need you. You carry value. You are important. This, the church is not for the young. The church is for all. So I pray that um, inspires you today as well. And... Um, our church in Poland, just giving you an update on my life, bit of news. Uh, Poland, we have a congregation in Poland uh, that we planted about five years ago. And they are um, working really hard right now with uh, the Ukrainian refugees. So we've got a lot of Ukrainians in our church, a lot of our team, like our worship team are Ukrainians. They've got families still there. So it's very close to home what's happening. But um, it's amazing. The church has come to life across the nation. People are across Poland reaching out um, to people from Ukraine that are coming in. So God is at work. God is doing good things even in trial and trouble across the earth. God is at work. Isn't that great? That, you know, God's people, he's, and we really feel like God's positioned us right there in the heart of that for now, for this. And I don't know where you are in your space of life, but God's positioned you for right where you are right now. So um, it's really good. Continue to pray with us as we distribute funds to them, for them to distribute as they care for people and love people and help people. So um, continue to pray for us. I know you guys are connected to a missionary in the Ukraine, which is amazing as well. So how good is God that he's, he's given us threads where we can help his people around the earth? So that's good. Is that good? You're ready? You ready for... That's not the word. I'm just, I was just giving you a download, a quick, a quick pre-entertainment pre, uh, pre before I open the word this morning. But I would love us to pray. So would you just... Would you lean forward for a moment? Just reposition yourself. And as you lean forward, say, God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to unlock something in my heart. So, Father, today I pray for every one of us that as we, as we are here to receive what you have, have for us, that you would open our hearts, Lord, that you would unlock what you need to unlock, that we would leave here more in love with you, more aware of you, and more open to you. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> well, I have um, just a word for us this morning that I feel like is really timely in this season. Now, I've come from Melbourne, and um, we've had, you know, the world's most locked down city. I'm sure you've heard that on the news. And, um, you know, it's been a little bit crazy down there, I've got to tell you. People have um, turned a bit mean. People have turned a bit nasty. Uh, people have said things that you would never imagine people would say before. You know, you're in the street, you're in the supermarket, and, and you know, everyone thinks they're the police, everybody thinks they've got the right to, to say things to people. It's just a really different place to what it was two years ago. And maybe you've experienced a little bit of that here as well, but, you know, I've just found that meanness 
has come out more than I've ever seen before. And, um, you know, I think we all just need a little bit of extra kindness. We can all be a little bit extra kind. That, that kindness is something that has in many ways fallen by the wayside. And um, social researcher Shaunti Feldham actually identified that kindness is a superpower. That kindness is one of the most powerful tools we have ava available, to for available to us. Let me read this quote of what she put in her book. It says, kindness is a superpower. It is explosive, supernatural and transformational. True kindness always strengthens and empowers it never weakens. It changes you, not just others. It melts hardness and makes gentleness immensely powerful. Kindness has a, has a power to transform that is unparalleled in social science. So research, academic research on, on the power of kindness has proven that this is a superpower. This is amazing. Um, it's, disco it's discovered that we can thrive, we can flourish, we can um, do better in life based on how we treat others, not on how we are treated. That the way we choose to live actually impacts ourselves as much as it impacts those around us. Well, the Apostle Paul tells us this exact same thing. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessings, because to this you were called. Why? Why did he call us to this? So that we can inherit a blessing. When we treat other people well, we inherit the blessing. Yes, it helps them. Yes, they get blessed as well. But so often we think that as we are kind and generous with others, that it's all about them and we suffer. Like it's going to cost me something. It doesn't. It actually leaves you blessed. It leaves you better when we show kindness. So kindness blesses us, us as much as those around us. But I don't know about you, but it's not always easy to be kind. Because, you know what, people are annoying. And I know you're looking at me like, oh, she's a pastor. She's all nice and friendly and, and she would never, you know, she's kind all the time. Well, people are annoying. I've got to tell you, like the other day I went to get my booster shot. Now, don't judge me there, right? Already some of you are like, oh, booster shot. Well, anyway, we're not going there, right? I went to the chemist to get the, this thing and I booked it in and I was running a little bit late. So, obviously, my own um, aggravation levels as a human were up. So I went into the chemist and I raced in ready on, like right on the dot and I walked in there and um, the girl says, you have to have a mask. We can't, we don't have to, we're not wearing, we're not wearing masks anywhere. Aren't we done with masks? Like, do I, really? You have to have a mask. Do you have a mask? I don't have a mask. Well, I can sell you a mask. <laughs> you want to sell me a mask? Okay, right. Here. You, know, when you, you know that feeling, you know? Is it just me, you know? Or is, can some of you identify here? So that feel, Do you want to sell me a mask? Okay, uh, all right, yep, just sell me a mask. Oh, okay. Oh, we only have a $10.10 pack. <laughs> Would you like the $10.10 pack? Sure, sell me the $10.10 pack. Right. And so, and I, 
I said, would you like me to leave the pack with you and you could give them to other people for a dollar a... I, I was just... I was not kind. I'm telling you. There was not... And in my head, I'm like, be kind, be kind. Holy Spirit's like, Helen, be kind, be kind. And I could hear, I'm like, you're not being kind, Helen. But I can't, but I'm upset and I'm trying to be kind. So then I go in, they take me into the little room. I, and I, I did say, I thought we weren't wearing masks anymore. Oh, but we're going to go into a small room, so we must. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So we get into the small room, the doctor gives me my injection. I come back out and um, I'm like, all the, like the whole time, my head is just saying to me, you're being mean, Helen. You're being rude. They're doing their job. Be kind. But I was, I just was struggling, struggling. And as I left, I felt horrible. I'm thinking, you know, I'm supposed to be a Jesus carrier. And, you know, then I felt bad. And if I'd just been kind, I would have felt better. I would have left feeling fantastic. Imagine I'd just gone... Oh, don't worry. It's okay. I'll buy a mask. Oh, I don't mind. If I'd just been kind, as I got back in the car, I'd be like, whoa, go me. How awesome am I? That's, that's the point. When we're kind, we feel blessed. We feel better. When we're, when we're not, eh, you feel like I felt that day. So I'm just telling you, you know, people annoy us. People you know, I get it that it's a bit tricky. You know, I think sometimes God feels like that with us. God finds us a bit annoying. Have you thought about that? You know, like, God, like we're doing whatever and God's thinking, really, you're really annoying me. But how does he respond? How does our heavenly father respond to us? Well, Isaiah 54, 8 tells us. Anyone with me? Anyone with me today? You know, you go, you're feeling me? Isaiah 54, 8 says, In a surge of anger, God, I hid my face from you for a moment. God was frustrated. God was annoyed with them. They were, they'd been behaving badly. They'd treated him badly. And God's like, oh, in a moment of frustration, oh, you guys are really killing me. But with everlasting kindness, I have compassion on you. How does God respond to us when we're annoying? with everlasting kindness. God gets it. God gets that he, we get frustrated, that people are annoying, that we struggle, but he chose kindness. You know, I love the story of Jesus in John chapter 8. Jesus shows this most amazing kindness. He's sitting there in the temple. He's come down off the Mount of Olives, it says, and he's sitting in the temple He's just there on the ground. People are around him and he's teaching the word of God. He's unpacking. They're having a great Bible study. They're having a great teaching time. It's like one of those ultimate sessions. And then all of a sudden, in come all the Pharisees, this whole bunch of important, religious, special people, wearing special clothes, all proper. In they come dragging this woman this woman caught in adultery, this woman who had done the wrong thing, this woman who was probably naked and ashamed and embarrassed, and they bring her in and they put her in front of Jesus and they say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about this? She deserves death. Now, the law said she deserves death. 
the Pharisees were actually doing the right thing. They were actually, you know, keeping the law here. They weren't being rebels. They weren't being, they were being troublemakers because they were trying to stir Jesus up. But officially, they were ticking all the boxes. They weren't wrong. So they bring this woman to Jesus for him to bring judgment on her, for him to say something, something that makes her look bad. They were trying to get Jesus into trouble at this point in time. And Jesus is here and they bring this woman and he stands up and he looks around. He says, if any of you have done nothing wrong, then you can stay. You can throw the first stone. If any of you are perfect, if any of you have never failed, stay. And it says that he sits back down. And when he gets back up, they've all gone. They've all gone. And I love that it tells us that the oldest ones left first. Because they know there's a long string of things they've done wrong. The older you get, the more you know you haven't got it all together. You've made some mistakes way, way, way back that if you'd done something different. (laughs) So they knew. They got out of there first. And Jesus looks around. They're all gone. So then he looks at the woman and he says, I don't judge you. But go and live differently. Don't keep living this way. Come on, I love you. I've got there's good things for you. And he releases her that she can go as well. Jesus shows kindness to this girl who, you know, had done the wrong thing. Really, what the Pharisees has found her doing was was wrong. So Jesus shows her kindness. That was wow. That was out of control already. But he also showed the Pharisees kindness. He could so easily have stood up and and attacked them and abused them and said, you guys are behaving badly, don't you know? You shouldn't be doing this. He could so easily have been harsh and mean and, and aggressive with them. But he was so kind that he let them work out for themselves that they had no right to judge this woman as he bowed his head down and released them. And I don't know about you, but I can find myself in this story. I can find myself being the Pharisees. Look, if you know me, I've got rules, I've got lists, I've got things that should be done. I like them done a certain way and they should be done that way and if they're done any other way, it's not the right way. I can easily, maybe I'm not judging people for big evil things, but the, the rows, the chairs need to be straight, the bins need to be clean, the, this needs to start on time. I can easily become the Pharisee that's bringing pain and judgment and shame on other people. I can do that. I can easily find myself being the woman, you know, caught, having done the wrong thing, walking out of the chemist feeling like rubbish because, you know, that was shame right there. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done, I know better than that. I'm, I, I, and, you know, bigger things than that. But I've been the woman through my journey of of my life, I've been ju- worthy of judgment. 
valid that someone should say I've done the wrong thing. And I've been the crowd who stand by and, and just let it all happen around me. And I've been the kindness carrier. I've been Jesus. I've been the person that has walked into a room and shown kindness where no one else has. Or I've been, had the days when you do walk out of the supermarket having been really kind to the girl at the register and you're so proud. I've, I've seen myself in all the places in that story. And I'm sure you can see yourself in most of those places as well. But you know what? God's kindness is here for us. Above all, it's his kindness for us that is so empowering. And God wants his kindness to actually soften us. I love this scripture in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, God's kindness is intended to lead you and I to repentance. Now, this word repentance is about turning around. It's about turning towards God. And you know what? When, what Jesus did in that room turned those people towards him. It didn't make them angry towards him. It was his kindness made their hearts softer towards him. And that's what God does for you and I. God's kindness is reaching out so that we will turn towards him, so that we will receive his love and his goodness that he's got for us. When, when we see anger, when we see judgment, so many around us, so many people think God is there with a stick. God's angry with me. God's disappointed. We're expecting God to do what the Pharisees did. We're expecting Jesus to do in that situation. They wanted Jesus to react. And so often you and I are expecting Jesus to react. We think we've disappointed him. We think we've hurt him. We think we've let him down. That we're not being the person that he's called us to be. And yes, maybe we could be a little bit different. Yes, maybe we could be living the life a bit better. But he's kind towards us. His kindness is what brings us to change. Is what empowers us to live differently. Now, I know myself... I was 19, 20 years old. I'd been brought up in church. I was a good Christian girl. And then I started to go off the rails. I, 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 I hunted down God and I was hungry for God. But there was this other side, this world that was pulling me away, that was messing with my thinking. And so I had this real transition of deciding, am I a Christian or am I not a Christian? And I think this happens often for people they get to this point where as, an, as a young adult you have to say this is my choice I am going for God and the enemy comes at you from every angle at that point but there I was I was believing for, for God in my future for things to happen I was actually planning to move to Melbourne to go to Bible college meanwhile I'm living a life that had some issues I don't know I don't know where my pastor was at the time, but obviously I needed one. But you know what? My, um, I just kept praying, Jesus, don't come back. Jesus, don't come back. Jesus, please don't come back yet. I'm not ready. Jesus, please, can you just, just let me move to Melbourne? Just let me get there. Jesus, please. And now I look back and think, Helen, why didn't you just get on with what you knew God had for you? Why did you live in this, this tension? But you know what? It was God's kindness that brought me back. And as I came back into the, into the house of God and I really put my heart in the right place, God, he ministered to me. His kindness healed my broken heart. His kindness restored every wound I had, every pain I had, the shame I had, the, the disappointments I had. He, his kindness 
brought me to repentance. It turned me back towards him. In that moment, I could so easily have felt judged and run from him. Like I've made decisions that, that obviously are going to separate me from God. No, God's kindness allowed me to come back. And his kindness calls us to respond to it. God's kindness needs us to receive it. It's there waiting for every single one of us. God's kindness wants to pour out on you. His kindness wants to draw you closer. His kindness wants to meet you in your need. But we just have to say, bring it on. Whatever I've done, whoever I've been, I receive your kindness. Because I've got to tell you, without God, being kind is really difficult. <laughs> you know, like it's hard enough with God, obviously, as I told you last week. But... You know, without God, I don't know how people can even be kind. So expecting that out there in the big wide world people are going to be kind, like, wow, that's just amazing if they don't know God because kindness actually comes from him. It's actually a fruit of his spirit. His spirit grows kindness in us. It gives out kindness in us. You know, I'm sure many of you have read this scripture. Most of you probably. But if you haven't, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So often we think this is supposed to be our fruit, but it's his fruit. He bears this fruit in our lives. So if we have, if we open our hearts to God and say, God, come and fill me and speak to me. And, and if we open our hearts to Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, transform me. Let me be more like you. Speak to me. I'm open to you. Walk with me. Do life with him. With him, The fruit comes out. I don't have to do a kindness project. I don't have to sort of be like, okay, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be kind. God, thank you. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be kind. He goes, no, no, let my spirit fill you and come out of you. Let my spirit be the source of supernatural fruit in your life. That you can hear his voice, that you can see his hand at work, that you can be like Jesus in the midst of chaos, in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of difficult situations, we can be kind. And sometimes, you know, that fruit bears beautiful fruit. And sometimes, like I've been honest to share with you, it lacks a bit. But God wants us to be aware that his fruit is what he wants to bring out of our lives. You know, life happens, pain happens, difficult things happen. And we have to be constantly refilled with his spirit. We have to be constantly renewed for more fruit to come, fertilized. You know, we've got a beautiful vegetable well, it's actually not that beautiful. We've got a vegetable. Start with vegetable garden. Um, I was thinking of my fruit trees when I said beautiful because they're beautiful. But I've got one of those pod things that was really good idea at the beginning. Now it just looks like a bunch of weeds. But anyway, so that's, that's where my mind went. But no, let's go back to the orange trees. This side of the garden, there's an orange tree, a lemon tree, a, um, a mandarin, little mandarin. Oh, they're so beautiful. They're growing. And, but you know what? They need fertilizer. They need an injection of water. They need fuel. I can't just one day plant them and think they're going to grow. That's it. Forget about them. Not in a pot. You know, you and I, we think, God filled me. God touched my life 25 years ago. God renewed my spirit three years ago. God spoke to me last week. Yeah, but what about today? What about today? 
because we need the Holy Spirit to fill us up and renew us today. We need more of His voice today. You can tell I'm a little bit excited this morning because God wants to enable us to carry His kindness. We need refilling. You know, the Bible calls us His trophies. You and I are God's trophies and um, we're His trophies of kindness. Let me show you this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7, it says, So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us. You know what Jesus has done? Jesus has made a way so that we can know him. Jesus has made a way so that God can live within us. You know, that's what we were talking about in communion, beautiful communion thought this morning, that as we receive Jesus, now God is active in our hearts. And then he keeps filling us up with his kindness. Oh, fill it up, put it in again. And then he points to us. I love, I love this picture. I don't know if any of you are sporty. Any sporty people in the room? Some sporty people. How many of you got blue ribbons or trophies? a few. How many of you have got some other activity in your life and you've got like a trophy wall, some special, all those great things you did? Yeah. Okay. Well, we are that for God. We're God's trophy wall. You and me. God's got us. But he doesn't just put us in a room in a cabinet with a shiny front. He puts us in a school. He goes, oh, look at that one. That's my trophy of kindness. Can you see them? (laughs) And then he puts us in an office in the city behind a desk. And and he says to the angels, they're all in heaven. And the angels go, oh, what's that? What's that? Because, oh, oh, that's one of my trophies. Look, look, look. It's full of my kindness. And look what I did. Because of what Jesus, because of Jesus, I opened the door. And now look at that life over there. It's it's my trophy. It's God shining out in that place. And then, then he goes, look at that sports team. Over there, I've got a trophy. Look at that work site over there. That guy with the hammer. He's he's one of my trophies. Look, look. And God puts us out there to carry his kindness, to be his light, to be his hope, to be him wherever we are. Come on, you've got to give him some praise for that. We are his trophies. We're called to be like Jesus in that moment with that woman. We're called to be like that with our kids in the kitchen when they're driving us crazy or when our baby is, is crying, crying, crying. We're called to be like that when, when our friends disappoint us and leave us with pain and hurt or, we, or someone breaks up with us or our marriage hits a wall or our work life, something goes down that shouldn't have happened. We're called to show kindness. We're called to be his kindness carriers. I heard this um, about this uh, forestry group who are fighting for forests in Canada. And they, this group of uh, people had been uh, fighting for years with the, the loggers for, um, to negotiate to keep the logs. It's complicated. Shouldn't be. But the leaders were actually suffering burnout. They'd had a lot of anxiety. There'd been a lot of stress in these negotiations. And there'd been a lot of angry confrontation. So this team of leaders who were fighting for these trees decided 
to take on what they called the practice um, of meditating on loving kindness. I don't think they were Christians, but they just decided to meditate on loving kindness and let it come into their, their heart, their soul. And from this, they decided they all were really doing well. These leaders started to feel at peace. It was doing good things for their own well-being. So they decided that when the, the next confrontations they had with the loggers, they were going to use this, lo this loving-kindness technique in their negotiations. They thought, let's take it to that. And so um, usually they would be very confrontational. Usually these meetings would be very angry and aggressive. But this whole new approach of we choose kindness. We choose kindness. It's up to them what happens for them. And out of the other side of this, these ne negotiations were fully transformed from being tense, adversarial confrontations to relaxed, open communications. And they began to actually come up with a plan that everybody was winning. Like that's, that's full business world strategy like how can we change the world how can we make the better world a better place how about we just be kind such a just a kindness made all the difference kindness changes us now you know practically how do we do this practically in a moment we're going to pray in a moment i'm going to ask the band we're going to sing and i'm going to we're going to pray one four some of you I just sense there's, you know, as I've been talking and sharing, there's a specific issue, something where you're struggling. Like, you're great. He oh, Helen, I'm great 99% of the time, but this, 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 this here, oh, kindness just is not coming out of me. We want to pray for that. I want to pray that God would activate his kindness in that situation. And for some of us, we just need God to fill us again. God, come on, I need more of you because I'm running, the, the oil has to always stay full. But I want to give you just a couple of practical little things. If you've got that one person that's annoying you, that one situation that is just really difficult, you know what, the best thing to do, the first thing to do is to stop thinking and speaking negatively about that. So often we want to unpack it, talk about it, you know, hey, look, this thing's going on in my life and I think if I just vent, if I share it, I'm going to feel better. Well, science tells us we don't feel better. Science tells us the more we talk about it, the worse we feel about it because it actually just rebuilds those emotions about that situation in our lives. So don't, don't do that. Ephesians chapter 4 says, 29 says, that the words that come out of our mouths should be helpful in building others up. And that they would benefit, I love this bit, those who listen. So who's listening to your thoughts? You. You listen more to you than anybody else in the world. So why don't you say and think things that are going to benefit you, that are going to help you. So stop, stop, stop it. Just stop it, all right? Just stop it. Stop thinking bad things about that person. Stop, oh, but they did that. Yeah, when they did that, yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have done that, should they? That's wrong. Hey, my friend did this. Do you think that's wrong? Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew it was wrong. Don't do that. Don't do it. Number two, second thing, be positive. All right, so just don't not be negative, be positive. Try to think about something good about that person. You know, yeah, they did that, but once upon a time, they gave me a gift. Oh, hey, how good was that? Go right back, dig, dig, dig. But they smiled once. Awesome, 
Work with what you've got, whatever it is. Find something positive about that person who's annoying you. Just some, one small thing. They wear nice shoes. And then I know what will happen. Your mind will go, has she afforded those shoes anyway? No, 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 no. She just wears nice shoes. That's it, all right? Just find something good. Find something positive about that person. Like Philippians 4 says, think about the good things. So think about the good things. These are practical things. Stop thinking about the bad things. Think about the good things and then do something nice. Do something nice. Send a text. You got, i got to tell you, if there's someone who's annoying you, <laughs> the hardest thing to do is send them a, hey, just want to say, I think you're awesome. Oh, I don't want to do that. So, I don't think that. so find something you can write about them. That, hey, I just really, I noticed last week you did something that was helpful. You made your son lunch for school. You, I saw you walk across the room and were kind, whatever. Send them a text that says, hey, I'm thinking and praying for you today. That's general. Hey, that's not too hard. Just wanted to cheer you on today. If you do something intentionally kind towards somebody else, that person, suddenly your heart opens up. I'm revealing way too much that you guys know how I feel on the inside here. You know, when we do marriage counselling, we have people, like people will come in on one end of the couch and the other end of the couch. The body language, oh, it's all, you can tell what's happened. And um, so they're just like this. So we like to start with, okay, all right, look, before we get, you tell us that what's happened, how did you guys meet? What happened? And then one will start, oh, we were at school together. The other one, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember you came to that, that, that party at, oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you were wearing that, that dress, oh, yeah. And the, suddenly the, the body language unfolds. They start to scoot across the couch and then they're sitting looking at each other. It's like, okay, now we can talk about the problem. Now, so, you know, we've got to see the good. We've got to talk about the good things. Unpack the good things in one another. God. God showed us kindness before we ever deserved it. True? He says... Romans 8, 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Where do you go from there? What else? God has given us the ultimate, the ultimate go-free card, the ultimate get-out-of-jail when he sent his son. And he says, I just want to, one, I want to know you. He wants... Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. So if you're here today and, and you don't know Jesus, you've never asked him into your heart, you haven't started that relationship because it starts with a relationship with God. And then he comes and he fills our hearts and his spirit that I've been talking about lives within us. And out of that, we receive his kindness. How? How can we be kind if we haven't received his kindness? It's hard work. I don't know, if you're doing it, if you're out there and you're being kind and God's not helping you, wow. But imagine if God did show up, you would be like super kind. You would be transforming your world with kindness. God, God wants to come and show us his kindness. I need his kindness. I've got to tell you, daily life, daily stuff, tough conversations, finances, relationships, work pressures, all these things, they, 
they draw out of us. I don't know about you, but I need, God, I need some of your kindness. I need you just saying to me, I love you, Helen. I think you're awesome. I got this, girl. And I don't know about you, maybe, I, I do know, you need that. We need God to fill up us with his kindness. Just, just it's all good. I got you.